We're getting a little silly. We're silly in this episode. Happy Pride. Hello, and welcome back to Super Hell, aka the Mystery Spotcast, a show where two recovering Supernatural fans subject themselves to a rewatch so no one else ever has to watch Supernatural again. My name is Claudia, my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. And my name is Ollie, I use any pronouns, and you can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh, that's fresh with a P-H. Welcome. Happy Pride! Happy Pride! I would also like to say, uh, since we recorded our last episode, we did get some very sad news about the Winchesters. Yeah, fly- uh, happy, pr- happy Pride, they killed Carlos. They, uh, it, it was like, it was a very like, like scary headline. It was like the Winchester's officially dead in the water. I think mm-hmm. what that meant was basically like they started to shop it around and like Warner Brothers, which already had, they had a connection to like through the CW, like Max didn't want it. And then like, um, Jensen Ackles production company had a first look deal with Amazon Studios and they didn't want it. And so... And now it's dead. So this is so fucked up. This is like, <laughs> this is like a national tragedy. Yeah, like, I need to take off work. We need to put the flags <laughs> at half mast, guys. <laughs> Especially because we're gonna talk about two episodes today where there's a lot of John Winchester slander. And actually, slander is the wrong word because slander means that it's fake and it's it's it. This is real. This is John Winchester is an asshole. But I was thinking about the Winchester. Yeah. This is just and, John like, Winchester reporting. <laughs> this is John Winchester Prime. Not John Winchester. Speaking, uh, also Pride Month, but also the month of the of the Spider Verse. Oh my God! Dean, <laughs> is the Winchesters just the supernatural version of? Isn't their Spider Verse? Okay, so see, I like i i was I was walking with you. I was walking with you, and I, I I see where you're going with this, but I feel like we can't say that any sort of multiverse. But is that's like what the Spider Verse. But I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying it, it's that was Dean Winchester and Jensen Ackles really having a metatextual conversation with the audience was exactly what the Spider Verse movies do about how what is a canon event in Star in Star Wars? <laughs> what is <laughs> what is a canon event in in Supernatural? And he's like, no. If you had the chance to change your fate, okay. would you? Okay, so he's saying the canon event that he's trying to circumvent is his dad being a dickhead? The canon event, no. The canon event is is the the demon killing his mom. So, I, yeah, I well, mean, okay, spoilers for Into the Spider- uh, No, <laughs> what is it called? Across the Spider-Verse? But it's very minor spoilers for Across the Spider-Verse because it is kind of in the trailer, but- like, dude, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's kind of true. I, I feel like, I, I feel like the Winchesters, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the, the cohesiveness that I no. think that I'm, I, I feel like, I feel like comparing any sort of supernatural based <laughs> property to anything in the Spider-Verse universe okay, well. feels particularly hateful. That being said, I see <laughs> the point you're trying to make. I'm walking with you. Okay. To be fair, you know, when they took that painting and they like tried to improve it and then it was like laughably horrible. I can't remember. Like what art the restoration. Yeah. The, were, art, yeah. the failed art restoration. Yeah, like, comparing any piece of media 
even when it's only marginally better and and spider-verse is like the mona lisa comparing any piece of media to the supernatural version is like comparing it to that fucked up (laughs) art restoration version i'm just saying i'm just saying that the winchesters it could have been it could have been something but we we can't have that so winchesters i'm so sorry i'm so sorry this ugly ass bitch television <laughs> would do this to you we are self-funding it we are gonna bring it back and what is jensen Ackles gonna do with himself no like, he I has to know. play batman like i mean he's on the boys so that... <laughs> didn't he die on the boys i don't know i haven't watched I the boys know. he might have I've... I have no fucking idea. No. Oh, I, <laughs> I just, I need. Can we get Jensen? Can he be? Is it too late for Jensen Ackles to be in the acolyte? <laughs> okay, I have to say, Jensen Ackles is my st- flashback still in Geos. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing: there, at some point, listen. We already got Emily Swallow. There, the possibility of a supernatural actor being in star wars gets closer and closer every day no and it's not gonna be jared it fucking no because imagine if that happens imagine i would kill jared, myself jared padalecki in skeleton crew <laughs> <laughs> i think that would be that would be where i end it <laughs> no because no but it's okay Who's he's gonna kiss jude law Sorry, guys, this is a lot of, like, Star Wars insider info, insider info is a strong term, but a lot of um, niche Star Wars knowledge that we're professing today. Um, wow, um, we found a way to include Spider-Verse, include Star Wars, include Supernatural. Do you want to throw in, like, any sort of, is there any sort of anime reference you would like to make? Now's the time. Um, I mean, I usually I would make a Trigun reference, but I was going to mention another thing um, that horrifyingly made me think of Supernatural, this... I was, um, speaking of Pride, I was looking at the Netflix Pride collection because, um, fun fact, I don't watch any shows on Netflix anymore because they cancel everything, so the only time I ever go on Netflix is to watch Supernatural for this fucking podcast. Mm -hmm. So I open up Supernatural, open up Supernatural, I open up Netflix, and it's like, here's our Pride collection, be who you are, (laughs) and I open it. And I start to look at it, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of shows here that you canceled. And then I get to the family-friendly animated shows, and you don't know what show was there. Every- Voltron Legendary Defender. Everyone's favorite gay pride show that famously <laughs> has really good representation that no one has any problems with. It's a lot like Supernatural. <laughs> it's the Supernatural of Netflix animated shows. No, it. I mean, and it really is because it queerbaits you the whole time and then it does something that is technically gay representation and but is still extremely homophobic at the end. Like, it really... And here's the thing. My first fucking thought was... Okay, so by this same metric, if this is what we call an LGBTQ show, just because there are some gay characters there, whether or not the representation is good, whether or not we have whatever, then, you know, because Legend of Korra was there as well, and I was like, well, they made her bis- them bisexual, like, in the last half, but okay, fine. And I was like, okay, so so by that standard, then unfortunately, sadly, Supernatural would also have to be there. I mean, because, yeah, like, I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> like, it's, it's not just, it's not just Castiel, like, we got Charlie, like, exactly, <laughs> I, you know, I, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 
No, it's it's, it's really challenging. No, because you've said this before we started recording, and I've been thinking about it. I'm just like, I don't even know what to like say. Like, yeah, I mean, by all standards, it should be. It's. It, here's the horrible thing. I made a TikTok about it. And, like, the first three comments was everybody saying the same thing, that Supernatural would have to be there if Voltron is. So, what year is it? 2018? I, listen, are we saying that, is, is Castiel kind of Shiro-coded? Please don't say those words to me. <laughs> Please, you can't. I or have, is Dean, I is have Dean sh- more Shiro-coded? Which one do you think? I have Shiro fan art on my wall to this day. You can't do this That's, to me. And you know what? I'm tired of pretending that Shiro wasn't the slay king of the show and actually technically then shiro would be the dean coded one i mean because yeah, he's cause... the one who lives yeah and people also ship him with a brother-like figure a lot no! <laughs> fuck i'm gonna get the sheets real mad at me in this episode of the mystery podcast <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we can't be doing this we can't is, be doing is this is just the wincest for a different generation Generations a strong term, different different demographic maybe. Oh my god, we can't be guys. <laughs> we're gonna get docs. <laughs> I love this. We've talked about everything important. Voltron. <laughs> That's it. That's the only important thing, guys. Happy Anyways, Pride to Voltron is the point. Ha- Happy Pride Month. Uh, if you said you want to make an anime reference, if you want to watch a mecha, an animated mecha show that has actual gay people the whole time. And he's actually good and do- isn't homophobic and doesn't drop off in the quality of writing and is racist like three seasons in. I need you to go watch Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury. You do not need to have watched any other Gundam TV shows. Just go watch Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury. Season one is free on YouTube with only the subtitles, unfortunately. If you want to watch with a dub, it's on Crunchyroll. Boo. I promise you. I pro- I pro- yeah, fuck Crunchyroll. All my homies hate Crunchyroll. That's what piracy is for. I, I didn't say that. That was a joke. That, for legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> All I'm saying is, in this show, we talk about how Supernatural is both homophobic and gay. But if you want to watch actually good television, you can watch Mobile, you can watch Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch of Mercury. It's, 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 le- it's about lesbians. It's about lesbians doing war crimes. There's a MILF. It's like, it's the story of the Tempest, but there's, there's, it's, there's the story of the Tempest, but it's also Revolutionary Girl Utena, but also they're in Gundams, but also it's Norse mythology, but also it's, it's, New York's Hottest Club has everything, and Voltron wishes, Voltron wishes, anyway. I have a, I, you know what, I also have a recommendation. If you're looking for a show, this is not anything to do with anime, but if you're looking for a show that has some aspects that may or may not be supernatural, you're not entirely sure, and it definitely has gay people from the very beginning, you should watch Yellow Jackets. It's really good, and there's a lot of women, and there's also a lot of MILFs. Do you know how scared I am to watch that show because as soon as I start it, they'll cancel it? No, I'm like, because Claudia, it'll also fuck you up. Like, I know you're going to be like, girl, what? Like, no, I... I was gonna say that also about um about Witcher Mercury, where I was like, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever watched. No, it's dude, crazy, <laughs> dude. Yellow Jackets is crazy. Um, I would recommend it. There are lesbians. Not to say it like it's like a tally. Oh, there are lesbians. You should watch it. It's also a really good show. Um, Actually, I, I I think we should. You know what? Even if it's bad, if it has lesbians, you should you should watch it. <laughs> so now let's talk about um two episodes. And you know what else I want to say? 
happy pride and also merry christmas because the the second episode we're going to be talking about today is supernatural's first christmas special we'll talk about that in a bit first let's get into the other episode um, it's not Christmas in July. It's Christmas in Pride Month. It's, yeah. <laughs> this is Christmas for gay people. <laughs> Which, you know, November 5th, 2020, that, it was kind of Christmas for gay people. I mean, think yeah, about it. completely different time of year, but I respect what you're saying. I understand what you're... I mean, yeah. No, I get it. No, I get, I'm, I'm walking with you. I'm walking with you. Let's talk about this episode, though. It is episode seven of season three. This is the 51st episode of Supernatural in general, though. God damn, we watched so many episodes of this show. <laughs> Ali, how many episodes do we have until Lazarus Rising, a.k.a. Castiel? Fuck, I don't know how to do that much math, babe. I don't know. Uh, not that many. Not that many. Because as a reminder for our listeners, season three is half as long as the rest of the seasons because of the 2007 writer's strike. <laughs> Yippee! <laughs> um... Uh, season three. Let me see. Sorry for not being good at math, guys. I, I am. Do you think I am? No, but I trust that you can Google it. It couldn't be me. Okay, so there's only eight, uh, eight, well, I guess counting Lazarus Rising would be nine episodes. Well, it's eight episodes until Castiel. Yeah, it's eight episodes until Castiel. So that's only four episodes of our show. Fingers crossed, unless something crazy happens. Like the Winchesters coming back, <laughs> like the Winchesters coming back, that would be great. Then it's like, sorry guys, they actually dropped like dropped a surprise season. It's a lot like the secret fourth episode of the last season of Sherlock. We can't. <laughs> we 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 just ran the Tumblr gamut. We really, we did. We talked about Voltron. We talked about Sherlock. Uh, quick, we where, guys, why wasn't River Song in this episode? I figured I'd get oh. them all in there. Here's the thing, though. At one point, they, uh, at one point, uh, when he's talking about the wreaths in the second episode and he's, like, noticing things, I was like, that was very Sherlock coded. I was like, (gasps) no, 20, (gasps) 20, that was a very 2012 sentence that you just said, Claudia. Ah, No, no. because you know what? I I hate to say it. The writing in these episodes is smarter than the writing in Sherlock ever, ever thought it was. Well, that bar is low. It's, you're not, it's not working for you, babe. Anyway, we have to, I can't. We need to talk about this episode. I can't believe we just said that episodes of Supernatural were better than Sherlock. I mean, you're right. No, okay, because but... no, if you guys haven't watched H. Bomber Guy's video about why Sherlock is bad, it is a masterpiece. It is one I watch <laughs> at, like, at least once every two months. It keeps me young. <laughs> I love Stephen Moffat slander all day, every day. Do you remember all Jekyll? The... Please make me forget that. Okay. Why would you... All right. I don't we got to get into it. That. We got to get into it. Where's the Jekyll Supernatural crossover? That's what I where I know people talk about <laughs> Super Hulock. I'm talking about Super <laughs> Jekyll. When's that happening? No. Jekyll Natural. Anyway, okay. We have to talk about this episode. It's called Fresh Blood. Cuz it might have to do with vampires. This is a very fun funky little episode. Here's the thing I will also say about these two episodes. Plot-wise, they're fine. I think that this episode is overall better. It's a Sarah Gamble episode, so, you know, take that for what you will. I feel like this episode is a actually really good episode, and it rounds off a lot of storylines that we have had. And I feel like it has a somewhat satisfying ending, but you can also tell that they were like, fuck, we have to resolve this. You know, like, it, it feels a little bit rushed, but it's not bad. 
but I they, think it, well, it hits a lot of really good emotional beats, which we'll talk about. They knew, they knew that writer strike was coming. They were like, we got to wrap it up. Yeah. We got to wrap it up. While we still have the writers, we need to write something that's good. That's at least halfway decent. Shit. Yeah. So we start. It's the evening. Who do we see but Bella? She's walking to her car. It's it's nighttime. She's parked by like a bridge or like like I'm like where where are you? They what have you definitely doing, had openings and stuff by that this same exact bridge, bridge. I'm pretty sure it's before. I'm pretty sure it's the bridge from like episode two or three, where there's like the hook man. I think it's the same bridge from yeah, that episode. I think it's the hook man one. I yeah. was like, I definitely remember this mm-hmm. shot. No, I know it's crazy, but um, Bella is walking to her car, and she looks over and she sees someone standing by like by the window. And she's like, um, who are you? And he's like, you're Bella Talbot. And she's like, okay. And I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. You've caught me unaware. And they're having this little banter, a bit of banter, because Bella has banter. A bit of banter. A bit of banter. But she's like, I don't know who you are. You've caught me unaware. And he's like, I'm Gordon Walker. And she's like, oh, I, I do actually know your name. I heard that you were um in jail. And he's like, well, I got out. And she goes and kind of reaches into her car and then looks surprised. And Gordon's like, oh, are you looking for this? And he's holding this like little pistol and he points it at her. And he's like, I know that you were in Massachusetts with the Winchesters because I know they were there. Tell me where they are. And Bella's like, mm, I don't take. I don't take nicely to being threatened. So if you want to make... They have such an insane dynamic. No, literally. Like, she's, of she's... all the two, like, of all the side characters to put in in one scene together, they're those, like, these are the craziest no, two. these are the two cuntiest, honestly. They had, like, the funniest <laughs> little conversation. Yeah. But you're right. She was like, well, I don't do well with being threatened. So maybe if we want to, like, make a deal, then I'll help you. And Gordon looks at her for a minute and then he's like, okay. I'll give you uh, $3,000 for the information. And Bella's like, I won't even get out of bed for $3,000. Are you kidding? I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. And he's like, okay. I love a woman who knows her worth. No, exactly. Women need to be charging more for everything. But he's like, oh, okay, well, I won't shoot you. And she's like, okay, shoot me. That Then you'll never find out where they are, so go for it. And he kind of hesitates. And then... She looks at his belt buckle and sees a mojo bag. So, love. And she's like, okay, well, the $3,000 and that mojo bag. And he's like, okay, but it, it's this is centuries old. It's not. And she's like, yeah, and, and priceless. I want it. Come on. It's an even trade. And Gordon obviously is, like, very hesitant to depart with this. But he's like, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Here. And then she pulls out her cell phone, dials the number, goes, hey, Dean, where are you? (laughs) Again, so cunty of her. It's so funny. And then it cuts and we see the title sequence. It's like Supernatural, which is really funny to me because I'm like, first of all, spoilers for later in the episode, the way that does work, if I was Dean and Bella, Bella of all people who I've just had mad beef with 
calls and is like, where are you? I'm not being like, oh, here's my fucking coordinates. Like, you're so fucking dumb. He is very stupid. No, like, that was, even for him, like, he should know she's up to shit. It's humiliating. I'm just like, I was gobsmacked by how stupid he is. I know you're like, you're. That's an evergreen, that's an evergreen clip right there. Mm -hmm. Gobsmacked by how stupid Dean is. Yeah, that's every episode. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we cut back. Sam and Dean are in a warehouse. And they are, they're hunting. It starts in media res. And they see this guy and he's on the ground and he's bleeding. He has a huge like bite mark in his neck. They run over and Sam's like, okay, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to help you. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? And the guy kind of gestures as he's like bleeding out. So Sam and Dean run over into the direction that he gestures in, or Dean runs over. Sam stays there and is like, okay, we're going to get you help. And Dean pulls out a machete and is like looking around. He can't see this vampire. And he's like, okay. So he slices like a slit into his arm. So his own blood will start bleeding out. And he's like, oh, you smell that? Come and get it. And then a female vampire, like blonde hair, very pretty, like jumps out and starts attacking him and like starts biting at him. But it's okay. If he doesn't ingest it, then he won't get turned into a vampire. But she bites him. But he injects her. Um, with a little syringe that we later find out is dead man's blood, which is very toxic to vampires. Um, and she gets knocked out and is on the ground. And then, like, Sam walks in and he's like, oh, sh- dude, you cut it really, really close there. Um, like, don't you think that was a little dangerous, like, using yourself as bait? And Dean's like, yeah, well, whatever, it worked. Not a big deal. Which is foreshadowing, because, cause, you he's know. In his live, he's in his live fast, die young, bad girls do it well era. Yeah, like, exactly. Hang. So then we cut, we see this young woman sitting tied up. It's the same girl, the blonde girl, who's played by Mercedes McNabb, who played Harmony and Buffy, the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Um, who And it's so funny, because in that show, she was also, like, a girl- who is just chilling, and then she got turned into a vampire. But I was like, oh my god, Harmony, what are you doing here, silly? Also, I was like, she was wasted on this role. She was in it for, like, two seconds. Whatever. I have mad beef. I digress. She wakes up. She's tied to a chair. Sam and Dean are standing over her. And Dean is like, where's the nest? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to come down. And they're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she's like, my name is Lucy. I was at a bar named the spider and I was there with some guy and he was like a plug and he was telling me that like, he's going to put this thing in my drink and it was going to be great. Like a party drug, right? Like that's what she is assuming is happening. And Sam is like, so, so he put these drops in. Did he happen to say what it was? And she's like, no, he didn't. And Dean's like, was it like a really thick red drop? And she's like, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I drank it and now I'm like, I get, I'm so hungry and I can hear so much and I can like hear your heart's beating and it won't wear off and I'm not coming down. And like, it just sucks. And Dean's like, does the sun hurt your skin? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, well, bad news, girl. 
what you drank was not a drug. It was vampire blood. And like, he must have bitten you and now you're a vampire. But she's like, no, like, no, I don't believe you. And Dina's like, you've already killed like three people. And she's like adamant that that is not happening. And she's like freaking out. And Sam and Dean kind of walk away into like another room. And they're still like in a warehouse, but like they walk away into another room and start talking. And they don't debate for very long, but they're like, well, we don't really have a choice. We kind of have to take her ass out. But they're also like, well, this didn't really help us like find anything about the nest. So we'll have to figure it out. And then Dean grabs his machete and walks back into the other room. And we don't see it, but we hear the sound of a decapitation. So and you're like, whoa, OK, so so we're doing that. I'll also say the description of what it feels like to, like, become a vampire and, like, what it feels like normally, as they are saying it, it does become important later in the episode. But as they are saying it, I'm like, oh, so it's just being autistic. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. If, I feel like our experiences may be a little, thing. the experiences may be a little bit different, but. They're, they're like, oh, like, like, lights and sounds are really overwhelming. When you. Um... <laughs> no, I guess you're right. Okay. When I think about it that way, I'm like, you're right. <laughs> so I was like, dang, you realize you go into the doctor's office and you're like, I can hear other people's heartbeats and I have an insatiable thirst for blood. And they're like, it must be the autism. <laughs> The one time you can get an autism diagnosis easily. That's like, that's the thing is, like, if you put in the DSM-5, autism and vampire are right next to each other. <laughs> They're like, so that really the only difference is that one, there's an insatiable bloodlust and, like, supernatural strength. And the other one is, like, tends to have ehlers downlows <laughs> and, like was real and you know what and vampires they they're immortal and they get like really into like weird hyper fixations like yeah have you like this guy like, in this episode that we're gonna talk about he has a fun a hyper fixation with blonde women that's true well the guy we can't it's his special interest don't worry this is just in case you couldn't tell i know we have a supernatural podcast but i do feel it important to make a point that we are both quite neurodivergent so don't <laughs> This is not us us punching down, I promise. I have an on-paper diagnosis. It's not autism, but it's like you have several it's, you have it's several something elements. That's like, it could be it could have been. They're like you have several elements of the autism and the ADHD, but you are also a woman, so so I diagnose you with a little bit of everything. Love. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, because we did make jokes about Dean being autistic last yeah. episode, too. <laughs> Guys, we love autism here. Autism, yeah, autism s- has spoken, and it's <laughs> winning. We're joining the war on the side of autism. That's, that's Dean Winchester. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't realize it. Is that not the war between heaven and hell? <laughs> um, people have been headcanning Castiello's autistics since the dawn of time, aka Lazarus Rising, so... No, that's why he and Dean work so well together. They understand each other in a way. He's like, he just gets me. And it's like, he doesn't understand why, and he's like, maybe it's because we have this profound bond. You both just have autism, guys. Yeah, and and Sam? He is ADH. That man... He, uh, uh, Dean's always like, how do you know this stuff? And he's like, is this actually well, my cause, hyperfixation? Because here's the other thing. Um, Sam is Sam also has autism. <laughs> Yeah, they might actually, it might be. This is just a show about. Wait, because it runs in the family? That explains a lot about John. And you know what? A lot about Mary, too. 
hang on. That explains a lot about John because John was like, okay, so my wife is killed. His hyperfixation like, oh. was being a bad dad. <laughs> no, but it's not just it's not just that. Like, oh, they're like, oh, like the lust for revenge or whatever. But like he got he got down to like the minutiae of like the monsters and writing it down and like all this shit, whatever. Like he could have asked for help. But like he didn't have the so he didn't have the social skills, so his only friend was Bobby. He, oh my god, he's literally neurodivergent and a minor. <laughs> anyway, we cut to a hospital room, and we see the guy who was attacked in the beginning of the episode. Um, the guy who had been attacked by this vampire, and he is like making a recovery, and you know, clearly a patient, but he's stable. He's all right. And who do we see interviewing him? And he's like, I already told my story to the police. Why do I need to tell you guys too? And who do we see but Gordon and his friend Kubrick, who just has a weird gay religious vibe. He's very Ethel Kane in a lot of ways. But um, that, that's a joke for legal reasons. Um, but Gordon is like, well, we're not the police. We're the FBI. So we just need some information. And he's like, well, I don't know what else to say. Like, she attacked me and she bit me. And Gordon is like, well, did did you drink any of her blood? Like, did any of her blood, like, did you ingest any of it? And he's like, what? No, like, that that's crazy. Why? And he's like, well, because there's a horrible disease going around that that woman has. And he's like, well, she bit me. He's like, no, you'll be fine as long as you didn't ingest any of her blood. You're good. All right. We're good. Oh, he he also says, he's like, well, and if you ingest any of the blood, we'd have to kill you. And he's like, haha, funny joke. And he's like, and they just look at him like, that's not a joke. My honest reaction to that. <laughs> like, just them staring at you. But, um, yeah, he's like, haha. Um, but Gordon's like, okay, so tell us a little about the guys who saved you. Do you remember anything about them? And the guy was like, no, I, I don't. They were just like two guys. One of them was really tall. And then Gordon and Kubrick look at each other and are like, okay, we got our boys. <laughs> um, oh, they're too tall white guys? Well, to be yep, fair, we got to be fair, they only they only said one of them was really tall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Even so though they're funny. both, like, pretty tall. Really tall, objectively. Yeah, but comparatively speaking, we have, oh, an entire generation thinks Jensen Ackles is not very tall, but... That man is. He's quite tall. Just because, just because Jared is a fucking giant. And same with Misha. He's also quite tall. Yeah, but he's shorter than both of them, so he's like a little guy. They really, filming Supernatural is like filming Lord of the Rings. They were like forced perspective <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Jensen Ackles wore those stupid platform shoes Robert Downey Jr. had to wear when he was playing opposite Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he wanted those. Anyway. Yeah. I can't. So we cut to this bar, the spider, which the girl had mentioned in the beginning. Lucy was her name. I keep wanting to call her Harmony. That's not her name. And Sam and Dean are talking and Sam's like, no, like this has to be like the vampire's hunting ground because blonde women keep like three blonde women have been taken from this exact location. Like this was the last place they were seen. This has to be his hunting ground. And Dean's like, okay, yeah. So they're looking around, and they see this girl, the blonde, pretty young girl, like, following this guy out of the bar, like, behind a corner, and, like, behind an alley. And uh, Sam and Dean run over to follow him, and they see 
him about to give her like a dose of vampire's blood. But they managed to like pull her away and beat the fuck out of this vampire. The girl like runs off and the boys follow after the vampire. Um and like as they run around the this corner, they end up in an alley and they look up and fucking Gordon and Kubrick are there with their guns aimed at them. And they're both standing there and they're like, oh my god, what do we do? And they're like, run. So they run away. <laughs> and Gordon and Kubrick are like shooting at them. But Sam and Dean are like getting out of here. And Dean's like, Sam, you run for it. They want you. I'm going to try to distract them. So Sam runs. Dean like runs across an alley with Kubrick like following after him while Gordon tries to go for Sam. But then <laughs> he gets sidetracked. And, um, like, uh, like, is looking for Sam. And the vampire punches the shit out of him, and he gets knocked unconscious, and that's where the scene ends. It's, like, a- Horrible. It's- Worst person you know is right. <laughs> <laughs> Saved by the fucking vampire. Yeah, I was like, okay, girl boss, maybe sister served. Um, no. It's foreshadowing to Benny. I- Real. No, Benny, they, this guy wishes he was Benny. No, it, this felt very like, um, um, like Benny Hill. I wish that music had been playing in the background <laughs> while this was happening. Like Gackety Sack. Sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this, this, cause it was just them running around back and forth really fast. Um, you know, they were on that Warner Brothers lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were. So we're back at the motel. Uh, Dean like slams open the door and comes in and he's clearly like out of breath um it's clear that he had just like basically uh like drawn kubrick away and then fucking sprinted back here so like he's clearly just coming off of the chase sam is already back and they're like oh my god are you fucking kidding me how the how did gordon get out of jail what is happening and yeah sam's like and like if he got out of jail like how would he even if he like managed to break out how would he even know where we are and dean's like oh wait a minute hang on the other day bella called me this wasn't to th- He's such a fucking I'm idiot. Such an idiot this wasn't for her she wasn't trying to thank me and he calls her i'm like dean you are so stupid but he calls her and he's like bella what the fuck and she's like oh well Gordon paid me to tell him where you were. And he had a gun to my head. And Dean's like, if we make it out of this alive, the first thing I do, I'm going to do, is kill you. And then he hangs up. And she's, like, in her car, and it shows her being like, okay, well, cool. <laughs> Just like, Dean, what? you are so fucking dumb. I think Dean should have should have called her, and the first thing he should have said was, Bella, where have you been, Loka? You say this every single time she's in... No. <laughs> but I think it would have been funny. I feel like this is violating the rule of thirds. We've made this joke enough. I And I'll keep making it. And I'll keep cutting it out. No! <laughs> anyway. Gordon opens his eyes, and he's in like a vampire nest. And he sees that there are these two blonde girls who look very similar to Lucy from the beginning. 
they're tied up, like, bound by their hands, like, hanging from the ceiling. And we see this man, the same man who punched the shit out of Gordon. His name is Dixon, which Lucy had said earlier and I failed to mention. But we see Dixon injecting these girls with his blood. And he's like, hey, 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 it's, it's okay. You're going to be fine. I promise. I know it hurts now, but it's going to be okay. I, you know, I just, it's going to be fine. And Gordon's like, oh, fuck you for, like, what you're doing to these girls and what you're doing to people. You're a terrible monster. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm trying to save my kind, my kind of vampire, my kind, my people, vampires, so that they don't become extinct. And Gordon is like, no, your kind are ruthless murderers who kill people, if you'll recall. Gordon's sister got turned into a vampire, and he killed her because she was a vampire. That was his backstory. Anyway, but they're going back and forth, Gordon being like, vampires are disgusting, and this guy being like, well, you know what? Hunters killed my daughter. And he shows this picture of, like, this very old, must have been, like, like early 1800s-esque painting of his daughter. She's giving Samantha the She's American Girl giving, doll. That was more 19... Yeah. That was more turn of the... Not turn of the century. Yeah. Turn of a century. Yeah. But I digress. But he has this picture and he's like, Hunters killed my daughter. And I'm going to kill you for my, like, new daughters to feed on. Talking about these blonde girls. And then Gordon is like, oh, well, your kind sucks and all this stuff. And he gives this just awful tirade of abuse, which is, like, fine because it's a vampire. He's trying to kill people. And I'm like, you know what, Gordon? Like, pop up. Gordon was kind of right in this case because this dude is, like, fucked up and crazy. But he is like, you know what? No, I'm not going to let them feed on you. I have something better in mind. And Gordon's like, wait, no, 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 no. And Dixon cuts his arm and um, puts it into, like, Gordon's mouth and turns him into a vampire while Gordon lays, like, defenseless on the table. I forgot that this happened. Like, yeah, I, I remember no, I did too. Like, I, I remember, like, his story involved something like this, but I did forgot that, that this happened and, like, that this is... And I was like, god damn. His story is very... While we have talked about the problematic elements of it, his story is also quite compelling. And, like, I, you, you know that it was going to end this way eventually because it's, like, it's foreshadowed in the fact that, like, his sister became a vampire or whatever. But you're like, god damn. That's the thing that sucks about Gordon is that I'm, like, in a better show he would be a very compelling character. Like, he is a very compelling character in this show, but I think it's one of those things that you have to get past a lot of things to enjoy his narrative. Um, Just because, again, we, we always talk about it, and I feel like we don't have to rehash it again and again, but when one of your only named black characters is an antagonist in the way that he is, and is very, like, it, there's just not good implications there. That being said, we've harped on it a lot. Aside from that, like, he is a very interesting character, and I think now that we've at least gotten to know him a little, he feels a little bit more like an actual character. You can enjoy yeah. it more. Yeah. I mean, and, and and you know what's interesting is that when you look at, like, later seasons, whatever, like, yeah, like, the, the villains get bigger and bigger, whatever, and, like, but he, he was always such a compelling antagonist. Mm-hmm. 
and he was very like grounded and real and I was like yeah they never really they never got back to that kind of sauce yeah they really didn't yeah and you know what that's the other thing too I feel like it's hard to get get uh characters like get actors like Sterling K Brown for roles like this just because like he is such a fabulous actor like they are very lucky that they got him for this role when they did because his career yeah. was like about to boom yeah like it was cra- it's crazy seeing him in this because i'm like dude aren't you like really really famous why are you as, like, yeah. a, playing, like a like a b villain in supernatural um ariana what are you doing here <laughs> so anyway we cut back to the motel the boys are in their room trying to figure out what to do they're sharpening their machetes and Dean's like, oh, man, what did he even do about Gordon? Like, he he's not going to stop. Like, he's not going to get away this time because, like, he's not going to stop until we're dead or he's dead. And, like, I don't even know what to do. And Sam's like, okay, so let's kill him. And Dean's like, oh. Um. Okay, are you sure? Sam's like, yeah, like you said, like, he's not going to stop till we're dead or he's dead. So I guess we don't have a choice. Yeah, let's kill him. And this is before they knew he was a vampire, too. So they were fully like, let's just murder this living guy. Oh, this is also some foreshadowing. Yeah. Because remember, Sam didn't come back right. Sam's a little fucked up. But, but he's a little fucked up in the head. Dean is a little bit more like he he's a little bit less like concerned about this because he's kind of like yeah okay like yeah we need to kill this motherfucker but he's also like you can tell he's a little like hmm okay all right that's fine in this case it's fine but as they're having this conversation Dean's phone rings and he answers and basically without him even saying anything Bella's like. Well, out of the goodness of my heart and the fact that I don't want you to kill me as soon as you figure this out, I I uh, figured out where Gordon's exact location is. And Dean's like, wait, how did you do that? And she's like, I am a purveyor of rare and magical artifacts. I used a talking board to contact the other side to find out Gordon's location. He's in a two-story warehouse near the riverfront with a neon sign outside that, um, so yeah, you'll find him there. Also, the spirits had a message to pass on they said leave town run like hell and don't go after gordon you guys can do with that as you will goodbye and hangs up <laughs> that's an, that and that is an objectively crazy conversation because it's like first of all she's just using ouija boards and like is just chill with the spirits enough that they're just telling her exact information like if she's not nearby how do, how would the spirits know like again huh and then for the spirits to be like, ooh, don't go there because it's a spooky vampire. Huh? This is never a thing that is touched on later that we have, you know, ghost whisper networks. Like, no, literally, like, they don't talk to spirits in this show ever. I'm like, the fact that they just do this, like, Bella, Bella should be the main character of this show. She's literally like, so anyway, bye. <laughs> it's objectively crazy. Obje- and then for them to just like give that warning and you're like, "Huh?" It's so it- bizarre. And I am like I'm obsessed with it though cuz I also like the idea that like Sam and Dean and like John and Bobby whatever have tried to talk to spirits, but they're just like we do not vibe with them. Bella though, girl boss. I do fear that the more I, I see the more I see of Bella, the more I remember that I did like like her. Like she is a fun character. 
And I do feel like she's like... Sh- it's simply also because she antagonizes Sam and Dean, and like, yeah. they do deserve getting their ass beat sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that I... I I like this episode because she's not trying to be more than she is, if that makes sense. Like, they're not trying to make her something she's not, which is just like, oh, my God, I'm a girl boss and I'm slay. I mean, she is that, but she's also, like, a character anyway. Um, so we cut back to the warehouse and Gordon wakes up and he's, like, having a fucking issue He's tied up, um, like those other girls were, like, bound by his hands. But he manages to, like, break through the chains and get loose from the ceiling. And he kind of, like, stumbles away. Um, and the girls are like, oh my god, help us. And we see him looking at them. And then it cuts. And we see him, like, ambling down the street, um... Like, there's a guy changing the tire on his car, and, like, the headlights are on, and we see them, like, from Gordon's perspective, they're, like, really light. His eyes are bloodshot. You can hear the guy's heartbeat. Like, he's clearly experiencing, like, vampiric hunger. And you can see him sort of trying to fight back, but then he can hear this guy's blood pumping. And then Gordon, like, looks up into, like, a car window and sees his reflection and his teeth turn into fangs. And then we see this guy get into his car but gordon is in the back seat and then we see in classic supernatural fashion instead of seeing anything that actually happens we just see blood splatter and spewing all up against the inside of this car like on the windows which you're like damn classic so then sam and dean show up at this warehouse and they're kind of sneaking around and they find dixon the vampire And he's standing alone in this room, and he's clearly just fucked up. He's so distraught. And the two blonde girls that had been hanging there are dead. Still tied up. And Dixon turns to look at them, and he's like, Yeah, you guys can just kill me. You know? It's like, I feel... feel," And Sam and Dean are like, okay, well, what happened? He's like, he killed my daughters, my family. And they're like, oh my god, did you turn Gordon into a vampire, silly Billy? Bro. They're like, girly pop, you, <laughs> you biggest fuck flopped. up you could have made. And he's like, you know what? It's okay. I, I don't care anymore. You know, don't you know that feeling where you've tried and tried and like you're just empty? And it's like, you know, y- you've lived so long and you've seen so much and you're just empty. There's nothing left to live for. I, I just, you guys can just kill me. It won't matter either way. And that line. It's, like, it's it's very like you can see as this is seen as happening, we see Dean's face, <laughs> who's clearly feeling like a very similar type of way. Well, it also like that because like, he I think he says he's like, oh, I'm cursed to an eternity, like being alone or whatever, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, oh I yeah, because hate- he's like he's because he's talking about like how his family, his vampire family, has been killed, and he's like. Don't you know what it's like when you know that whatever you do, you're going to end up alone? And I was like, fuck you guys for writing the finale the way you did once again. Damn, this episode no. made me mad. No, because I thought I thought about the finale. I thought about the fact that, like, Dean goes to hell for 40 years. I thought about Dean in fucking purgatory. Mm-hmm. I thought about 
Castiel knowing that he would be in super hell alone. It's so fucked. And, and uh, for an eternity. Because I was just like, hey, I know you didn't mean this on purpose, but fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, shit. Mm. I hate this. I don't even remember if they kill Dixon or if we see it. <laughs> Did they kill him? I think. Uh, well, no. Also, the major part here is they didn't just kill, like, he didn't just kill those girls. He decapitated yeah, them. Yeah, Gordon did hurt them quite bad. Well, and I mean, to be they fair, were you vampires. have to decapitate a vampire, whatever. But, like, you come in and, like, there's, like, they're headless bodies, whatever. And you're, like, and, and, and they say, they're, like, this wasn't a machete. Like, this was brute strength. Yeah. Oh, they did. And they're, like, yeah. And that's how they figure out. They're, like, oh, God, you turned him, you fucking idiot. Now he's, like, more <laughs> dangerous than he has ever been. Yeah, it wasn't like he decapitated them with it. He, like, he ripped their heads off with his bare hands, which is, like, girl, you are fucked up and nasty. Yeah. Um, did I kill I don't here? remember. And you know what? It's never relevant Doesn't again. Matter. So sorry, guys. Dixon, yeah. your fate is to the wind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, we cut to Kubrick's trailer, and Gordon, like, comes in. And Kubrick's like, oh my god, like, are you okay? Like, what happened? And Gordon's like, I'm a monster. This whole but scene, it's a there's little There's a homo. lot of gay vibes going on, but he's like, I'm a monster. And Kubrick looks like he's gonna, like, cry. He looks so sad, and he's like, I know. I'm gonna have to kill you. And Gordon's like, yeah, I know. And I, that's what you should do. But I have to do one last thing before you do. I'm stronger now. I have these powers. I can kill Sam Winchester. It's the one good thing that can come out of this nightmare. And he kind of is giving this sort of monologue. And it is like, it's a very interesting look into Gordon, like as a character, because he's not doing this because he is like crazy. He is doing this because he genuinely thinks this is the right thing to do. Like he really thinks that Sam is like fucked up and an evil creature and, and he is not to be like there with the, he's not yeah, wrong with the information that he has it's like yeah he's yeah i mean he ends up being way more right than even the writers i think knew at he's, the time he's the fucking vessel for lucifer like he's the only one who's like hey guys he like he's the only one who's like hey i know that we're like focused on all these monsters but like the demons were clearly trying to do something with sam and he's the fucking Antichrist, and everyone's like, no, that's not possible. He's like, no, and we need to kill him. And everyone's like, you're crazy. He's like, no, yeah. we need to kill this man. And you're like, <laughs> you know what? He's kind of right. No, I hate to say it. Is, listen, <laughs> is he a little crazy? Yeah, but he's kind of right. But Gordon is kind of going on this monologue, and from behind him, Kubrick is like, uh-huh, yeah. But we see him walking up, like, with a machete to decapitate him, because he's like, obviously, this cannot happen. And then Gordon quickly turns around and rips through Kubrick with his bare hands, like punches through him. And it's like, I'm sorry. He's like holding him in his arms no, and ripped his heart out. And you can see his, the blood on his hand. You're like, all right, there's a little homo. It's a little homo. It's very, it's uh, very Hannibal when he slits Will's throat. <laughs> anyway, spoilers for Hannibal. But, but I, Okay, this is a supernatural podcast. If they don't already know about Hannibal, <laughs> um, I will say. And here's the thing: I've never watched all the way through Hannibal, but I knew that from the gifts. So. Period. <laughs> but I will say, yeah, I don't know why, why they had to make this so fucking homo. But also, to be fair, vampire stories in general are already a little homo. 
But to be fair, Gordon and Kubrick were a little homo in other episodes. Kubrick has just so. been homo with every man he's interacted with is the problem. That's true. Like, every time he's like in that trailer yeah. with them, they're like, All and right, I, also, damn. I also think, again, Sterling K. Brown is just such a, ver- is a very good actor. And he is very, yeah. he's very good at, at working with the chemistry that others bring. So like, I yeah. Think, yeah. You're like, whoa, there's a lot going he's, on here. He's Shit. He's just serving. So we're back at the motel. Sam and Dean are arguing and Dean's like, okay, Sam, you stay here. I'm going to go after Gordon. And Sam's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, you'll get yourself killed. That's insanely reckless and stupid. And Dean's like, well, he doesn't want you. He wants me. And plus, I have nothing left to lose. I'm dead already. And Sam's like, Dean, stop it. You can drop the act. I can see right through you. I know you're scared because your year is running out. You're still going to hell. This is how you act when you're freaked out. I know you better than anyone. You're my big brother. I've been looking up to you since I was four. And this is exact. I've been trying to be you. I've been trying to emulate you. This is exactly how you act when you're scared. I wish you would just drop the act and be my brother again. Because, just because. And no, it's like, because oh my god, Jared acted the fuck is... out of this scene, though. It was <laughs> so fucked up. I was like, it really had me gagged, because I was like, because I watched the show, and I'm always like, uh uh-huh, whatever. But I was like, fuck, that actually really got my ass. No, because <laughs> not only they were like, yeah, we're going to hit you with this monologue, but also, yeah, Jared, he did the damn thing. Like, And you're like, oh, god fuck mm-hmm. i remember why i was a sam stan for so long yeah. it was like oh shit you're like and also this episode paired with what happens in the next uh-huh. episode and what they talk about in the next episode it's, it's so it's, fucked up it's there's a lot like a lot of times when they do like the monster of the week and then it's it's connected to like their relationship with their dad this is very much about their relationship with each other and you're like oh wow I'm having a lot of an emotion right now, and I hate that. Yeah. I hate that you're making me feel, especially knowing, especially knowing what happens at the end of the fucking no. series. And every single episode I watch makes me more and more angry about how it ended, but I digress. <laughs> um, so, so Dean kind of nods his head, and he's like, okay, we will go together. I- <sighs> We'll find, like, a motel or something, and we'll wait until Gordon shows up, because he's going to come for you. So they wait for a couple hours, and they're hanging out. And then Dean – and here – okay, here's another thing that happened earlier. Sam and Dean destroyed their phones, right? Because they were like, okay, Bella has your number. Gordon could have your number. We have to destroy them so they can't track them, right? So they destroy their phones. And this happened earlier in the episode. And – they got new phones, right? But they're sitting at the hotel room, and Dean's phone rings, and Sam's like, we got these phones, like, not even 24 hours ago. Who did you give your number to? And Dean's like, no one. And he answers it, and Gordon's like, hey, it's me. And Dean's like, how did you get this number? And he's like, dude, I went to the phone store, and I could tell you guys had been there because I could smell it. And then I guess he just asked the person what their number was. It wasn't entirely clear. I'm not sure that that's how yeah, it works, but it is yeah, what it is. I don't, I don't know. Not enough to break my immersion. It was whatever. But I guess he went to the phone store and was like, what was the number of this guy who just, whatever. Um, But he's like, Dean's like, okay, well, what do you want? Well, like, where are you? We'll come get your ass. 
And Gordon's like, mm, actually, hang on. Here, you talk to him. And he puts his phone up to a girl who he has, like, tied up. And she's like, please help me. And Gordon takes the phone back and he's like, if you're not at this warehouse, he gives them the location. If you're not here in 20 minutes, I'll kill her. And then he hangs up. And it's fucked up. And they're like, oh, damn, yeah. he's not fucking around. So so the boys are like, okay, well, fuck, I guess we got to go save her. I guess it's fucked up. So they they go to this warehouse, right? And they find this girl. She's tied up. She's on the floor. They start untying her, and they go to escape. Um, but as they go through the door, like a garage door slams down between them. So Dean is on one side with the girl. And Sam is on the other side, inside of the warehouse. And then the lights turn off, and Sam stands up in, like, a defensive posture. Obviously, Gordon has separated them. Gordon's in the room with Sam. Sam is ready. He's sort of walking around. Dean is desperately trying to break down this door, but keeps failing. Um, and uh, as this is kind of happening, there's two things that kind of happen at once here. The first thing is that um, we see Gordon, obviously, like, he has, like, night vision so he can see Sam still. Um, but Sam is sort of preparing, and Gordon starts antagonizing Sam, and it's dark, so Sam can't see. Um, Sam is like, Gordon, this isn't you. You're still a hunter. You're not, like, some monster like you don't have to hurt people and gordon's like oh no like i'm i'm a monster now like no this is like i'm bad i'm not a human anymore i'm like giving into this okay i've got like all this stuff he's t he's basically talking about like i'm crazy now and i can smell blood and i can do all this shit this is not normal um and I can't remember exactly what he says, but he does imply, like, yeah, I don't really care about people anymore. The only thing I care about is, like, killing you. And Sam's like, okay, but, like, you didn't have to, like, hurt, you didn't hurt that girl. And Gordon's like, didn't I? And then Sam kind of realizes. Oh, he says, he's like, he's like, oh, you didn't kill that girl. And he's like, oh, I bet I did something far worse. Yeah. And then it flashes to... That she has turned into a vampire. Yeah, she's a vampire, and she goes to attack Dean, and they're on the other side of the door. And Dean turns around and pulls out the Colt and shoots her with it and immediately kills her because it's the Colt. And I'm like, damn, y'all are wasting these Colt, these new Colt bullets like nobody's business. It, it is very much, this is how we're back, this is how we're sliding into the, like, angel blade, demon mm -hmm. blade thing, where it's just like, boom, 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 like, like. We, we went from, like, oh, we need a special gun, and we need to do a exorcism, or we need to slash somebody's head or whatever. Like, yeah, I got the special gun. Fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were, like, we realized that it was too hard to justify this big same fight every time. We're, like, okay, fine. They just have a really good gun. Um, but Sam is still in the darkness with Gordon, and Gordon is, like, I'm going to do two final good deeds before I go. Killing you. And then killing myself. And at that moment, Gordon, like, jumps at Sam. And they break, like, they break through a wall. Like, he beats the fuck out of Sam. And Dean runs in. 
like finally manages to break down the door and he comes in and he goes to fire a bullet from the colt at gordon but gordon attacks him and tries to like get get dean's ass but then sam grabs like like a razor wire like chicken wire almost <laughs> but he grabs like this like barbed wire and it is and it is some big barbed it's a wire. Big ass barbed like... wire. But he grabs barbed wire from like a table because they're in a warehouse and warehouses just have barbed wa- like loose barbed wire, I guess. But he puts it around Gordon's neck and starts squeezing. And Gordon tries to like attack him, but Sam pulls it so hard that Gordon gets decapitated. It shit is crazy. Shit. And we also, it's like, really bloody. It's really bloody. It's quite graphic. It's not like crazy graphic, but it was pretty graphic. Um and then uh Gordon kind of falls to his knees and his body is propped up leaning against like a kind of like a tube thing and we see his head. We don't see it, but we see like the outline of his head lying on the ground as Sam and Dean walk out of the warehouse. And you're like, well, goodbye, Gordon. And they, they're like, yeah, we really skirted the ethical dilemma of if we should just kill this guy because he was no longer human. So it's fine. You can kill him now. Yeah. You're like, also, all, all that right. stuff we were talking about, how cool, how it's like, okay, now that Gordon's finally a character, we can finally get past, you know, the racism and enjoy him. But then it's like, immediately we are going to kill him. Immediately like, oh, he is dead. Okay. It was like, all they right. really knew the writer's trick was coming. <laughs> They were like, okay, and we're gone. We're, we're done. done. And, we're, and we're leaving here. Yeah. And we're like, okay. I was like, fuck you. Gordon actually just started to be like, Gordon could have been a really interesting actual antagonist. I'm like, why did we? I, the thing is, I feel like it was very well written how it did happen if it had to happen this way. But I just wish it had gone differently. Um, I'm a Gordon stan. I thought he was. I, I thought know. he was cunty. I'll say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the next day. The boys are sitting like on a back road. They're having some beers together. And I'm like, okay, who is drinking and driving? Because clearly they're not, like, at a motel or anything. Like, they're at a back road, so someone's drinking and driving. But, um... I think only Sam was drinking, because Dean is fixing the car. No, I think it was kind of implied that they both were. Just gonna be weird of... Oh, I don't well, know. whatever. But they might have been there for a while. Who knows? who knows? But, um, Dean is, like, uh, arm deep in the Impala, working on the engine. And he's like, uh... Sam, can you pass me, like, a box wrench? And Sam hands it to him. And they're sitting there, and Dean kind of looks over at Sam and looks back at the Impala, and he's like, hey, uh, come over here. And Sam's like, oh, do you need something? He's like, yeah, just come over here. And Sam's like, did you figuring out, did you figure out what, like, the rattling noise was? And he's like, yeah, um, actually, you're gonna do it. And they start talking about car stuff, and Dean's like, okay, do you know what, uh, this thing that's right on top of here, and Sam says what it's called. And Dean's like, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, so you're gonna, um, go in here and, like, adjust this. And Sam's like, dude, you barely even let me drive. Why are you suddenly letting me, like, make adjustments and actually fix the car? And Dean's like, well, you're gonna need to know this kind of stuff down the line, you know? And it's my job to show my my little brother, you know, show show him the ropes, you know, show you what you got to do. And then Dean hands Sam the ranch, the ranch, <laughs> hands him the wrench. And he's, <laughs> Not the ranch. 
he pours ranch dressing into the car. And he's like, no, this is why I don't let you work on it. No, um, <laughs> but D- uh, Sam starts like working on the car and Dean kind of nods along. Um, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I, as soon as the scene started and then as soon as he starts talking about the car, I remembered this mm-hmm. scene and I was like, oh, no. oh, this hurts. Because we also don't get a lot of scenes where like, I, I feel like this show very much enacts a, like, the boys talk about their emotions, even if they don't get resolved. Like, they talk about the things yeah. they're playing them. This is one of those few scenes where, like, again, I know, I know the whole, like, the problem with this. But it was very show-don't-tell of showing Dean being like, you know what, I listened to you and now I'm going to be your big brother again. And, like, yeah. Which is funny because one of the other few times they do that is in the next episode Mm -hmm. no these where where sam does that it's so weird how like good these two episodes are next to each other i mean i guess it's not like when you have a coherent you know layout of your season and like which i think that these first five seasons have way more than the rest of the show so i'm always like impressed when it has like thematic relevancy when the episodes like work well with each other yeah, I just, oh. wow. It just, also, again, watching this, and obviously they're they're moving up to the fact that he's going to be dragged into hell mm-hmm. and sensibly dies. However, I know, as someone who's finished the show 15 seasons later, that he will need that knowledge when Dean dies on a fucking rusty nail permanently. And then I go, oh, now I'm upset. Now I'm, now I'm sad. Now I'm and there are other times in the show where they are separated for long periods of time. We'll get to that where one of them thinks the other one's dead or Sam even. Um, when Dean's in purgatory, for example. But like, I just keep thinking about like, oh, when he actually dies for real, for real. And I was like, oh no, this hurts. I don't like it anymore. Yeah. No, I, it just, it's so rough. I, I again this show always gets me to care about them and it sucks because I know I'm like gonna get really invested in these characters again and then the show is yeah. gonna get bad again and I'm always like I I keep hoping it's not gonna happen but I know it is I know I'm gonna be disappointed and I'm just trying to enjoy this while I can oh I was saying I was looking at the trivia for this episode um apparently uh Mercedes McNabb's character is named Lucy which is a reference to Dracula uh, we are currently in Dracula Daily right now, so I feel like that's relevant. Dracula Daily is basically, like, you can get emails with, like, the chapters of Dracula because it was originally serialized, and it's very fun. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a reference to Dracula because there's a character named Lucy who was an unknowing victim of Dracula. Um, also, slight plug here for the podcast Re-Dracula, which is basically they're doing Dracula Daily as a podcast. Um, you should go listen to it. It's very fun. So, yeah, that episode has a lot going on plot-wise, a lot going on emotionally, um, and then has that fucking sad-ass ending. And then it goes into this next episode that you think is going to be a Silly Willy Billy episode, and it's fucking not. It's not a Silly Willy Billy episode. It's also sad. It is a little Silly Willy Billy, though. Welcome to not Christmas in July, Christmas in Pride Month. This is the Supernatural Christmas special. Um, 
otherwise known as a very supernatural Christmas, which I, they never do again. No, don't they have another Christmas episode? They might have Christmas themed episodes. But I don't think they have like a special. That's true. All right. So this is the supernatural Christmas special. We could have saved this for Christmas, but we're not because thematically it pairs well in this season. Okay. Um, it starts with one year ago, Seattle, Washington, in our cold open. Um, the door, uh, the doorbell on this like suburban home opens and there's like this older man and he's visiting his grandson. It's all very cute. It's all very like commercial, very picturesque. Um, and like that evening, like he dresses up as Santa and he like starts unloading the presents and whatever. And the kid is like clearly watching him and it's like super cute. Um, and suddenly like he hears a noise on the roof and he's like okay well it's not me and the kid is like oh my god it's santa and then the kid hears the noise on the roof and is like oh my god it's reindeer and the grandpa's like i mean i don't think it is but (laughs) um and he, he hears like noises in the fireplace and so he goes over to the fireplace and he's, like, going to go in it. And, like, the kid is, like, really excited. Because he's like, oh, my God. Like, Santa's going up up into the fireplace. And he goes into the fireplace. And then something comes down the chimney. And then grabs him and, like, drags him up. And, like, you can hear him being, like, eaten and dismembered as his grandson is watching. And he's, like, yanked up. And then, like, a bloody boot falls out. And it's, like, supernatural. Love. So... Welcome to Horror Christmas. Also, it's so important to say that basically anytime there's a cut in this episode, imagine a very, like, loud, sappy Christmas music playing as it happens. Oh, yeah. This is also, oh, like, yeah. the first episode. Like, it doesn't have the regular supernatural title card. It says a very supernatural Christmas instead of just, yeah. so it's like a fancy one. Yeah, they're really trying to lean into the, like, broadcast TV Christmas special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a really fun time with this. We're now in the present day. We are in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Is that how I you think say so. it? I don't fucking well, know. Well, sorry, Michigan. The Michigan people are going to, they're going to drag my ass. Anyway, um, Sam and Dean, they're dressed up as FBI agents. Um, they're visiting this woman. Her name is Mrs. Walsh. Similarly, like, picturesque suburban home. Her husband has disappeared. And... The only clue they find is that there is a bloody tooth in the fireplace. Clearly, a similar situation in the fireplace has occurred. And um, she's like, like, she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, like, we haven't heard anything. It's like, it's only a couple days until Christmas. Like, what am I supposed to tell my daughter? And they're like, we're really sorry, ma'am. Like, we'll see what we can do. As they're walking out, uh, Sam's like, okay, so this is the second guy in this town to disappear. And we found, like, a bloody tooth and some, like, weird shit, whatever. And they're like, okay, so we're dealing with, like, they're like, and we're dealing with stuff with the chimney. And, like, clearly something has pulled these people up the chimney. So, like, there's clearly some sort of being. So he's like, they get back to their motel room. Sam has been doing his little, his little research, his little lore. <laughs> I do believe that he's, oh, he doesn't call Bobby into the no. Um, And he's like, okay. So I think we're dealing with an evil Santa. And Dean is like, okay, well, Santa isn't real. So, like, how could an evil Santa be real? And I'm like, girl, you hunt <laughs> no. demons for also, a living. Also, he's like, Santa's not real. And Sam's like, I know. You are the one who told me Santa wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> 
what you think is funny, but then you see what actually happens later, and it's really fucked up. It's really sad. Like, oh, no, it's really sad. Also, also, there is a part, and Dean's like, well, okay, that's stupid. Why would it, like, maybe there's other things that go in the chimney. And Sam's like, well, unless it's a chimney, unless that chimney monster is Dick Van Dyke, then I think we're probably good. And <laughs> Dean's like, who? <laughs> And he's like, Dick, he's like, Mary Poppins? Like, are you fucking kidding? And Dean's like, I, I don't know what that is. I'm like, you mean to tell me movie buff Dean Winchester does not know what the fuck Mary Poppins is? You're telling me he doesn't yeah, know who Dick me- Van Dyke is? Are you kidding? Remember, remember, as we said in the last one, it's a musical and that's a little too gay. <laughs> he can know movies. He can't know fairy tales because yeah, that's gay. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke is like an actor. No, because this is the thing. Once again, Mary Poppins is a little too gay. Well, but okay, but Dick Van Dyke is an actor and Dean knows a lot about acting and a lot about actors and a lot about movies. He dances and sings. That's okay. gay. No, I'm telling you, this is another case of depending on who is writing, we get a completely different yeah. Dean Winchester every single time. It's like, it's like, King, what's your personality? I just don't know. <laughs> no, the real Dean Winchester who lives in my heart would know who the fuck Dick Van Dyke is. Okay, let's be fucking no. real. Once again, we're back to autistic Dean Winchester. He likes movies. He really only likes certain movies, and he has very specific special interests on certain things. It's not all movies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that whole conversation is wild. And so then Sam's like, okay, well, there's a lot of different cultures in Europe that have legends about some sort of evil Santa and, like, Krampus and shit. Like maybe that's what it is and and he's like so what what does it do and he's like and instead of like bringing gifts for the good kids that they he punishes the wicked at christmas and they're like okay so clearly there's something like attracting people into these people's houses like what's like what's the common denominator and they figure out that both of these men visited this like local santa's village before they disappeared um i don't know how they figure that out it's i guess it's so random dean is like oh well we know they both went here and it's like well how do we know that okay okay Uh, i guess you know that's cool it's giving sherlock when he would just be like (laughs) i had someone i know figure this out off screen fuck you if you wanted to solve the mystery well, maybe in the, in the questioning, maybe that's what they No, listen, out. I'm fine so, when Dean Winchester does it, but I have beef with Sherlock when he does it, because that's the whole point of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> specifically BBC Sherlock. Oh, yeah, I'm talking specifically about BBC Sherlock, because I'm like, the whole- The fact that we're we're, t- we're comparing Dean Winchester and BBC Sherlock- No, Dean Winchester would <gasps> beat the shit out of BBC Sherlock. He would kill him with this hammers. Feels, this feels like I'm being beat over the head with a brick. This is like Super Hulock, but it's like a death match. We had an extended conversation about Voltron, and now we're talking about super. We have a death match. We have a supernatural podcast. Get used to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but but it's like a precipice, you know. Like we can't. There's a point of no return. Like, okay, okay. So they go to this Santa's village, and they have as they're walking in. Dean is kind of like reminiscing, whatever, and he's like, "Oh, like." We used to have, like, such fun times at Christmas or whatever, and, like, I feel like I want to celebrate this year. And Sam's like, we didn't have fun times at Christmas. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we were always, like, traveling around, and, like, Dean and Dad wasn't there and whatever. And Dean is, like, clearly, like, he's going through something. And, like, we as the viewer are knowing that, like, 
he is clearly feeling he is feeling the reason for the season he is feeling very sentimental whatever he's seeing families all around him whatever because he knows he's about to fucking die sam this also goes in the same as autistic Sarah's autistic. Sam is not reading the room. No, because I do he is like not reading the I room. I do like you being like Sam. Sam when he flops. No, he's not flopping. He's just autistic, and I'm like, mm, he's just autistic. He can do both. He's versatile. He can do both. <laughs> he can do both. Um, because people are like, oh, like because he becomes soulless Sam. I'm like, no, no, no. This is different from soulless Sam. This is just his regular autism. Uh, let, let me be clear. <laughs> let me be clear. Um, I want to differentiate here. Um, so, <laughs> so he's like, he's like, he's like, fucking Christmas sucked. Like, what are you talking about? And Dean's like, oh, well, like, I want to celebrate Christmas and I want to do these things, whatever. And he's like, can we like celebrate Christmas this year? Like, it'd be kind of fun. Like, if we did all the things, whatever. And so he's like, no, like, he's really kind of a bitch about it. And you're like, okay, damn, bitch. Like, it's kind of ugly. Um, and then we go to a flashback, and this is something emotionally that this episode does consistently, yeah. and you're like, oh. Also, I will say, um, there have been a lot of episodes of Supernatural where there have been flashbacks where we see younger actors playing Sam and Dean. I think that these two that are in this episode are, like, the ones that I always think of. Like, they're the prime yeah. young Sam and Dean. Yeah, and they do a really good mm-hmm. job. I think the ones who play, I think, like, teen they're Dean pretty, also does a really good yeah, job. Yeah, he's pretty good. I, I think that purely by the fact that this is that this kid is just very young and is really nailing his yeah actually young sam does a really good sam he's like nailing it yeah so we flashback we were in broken bone nebraska 1991 1991 comes in clear here in a second so they're in a motel room they're waiting for their dad to return and Sam is wrapping a present for dad. And, and he's watching he's... the Rankin Bass Christmas special, The Year Without a Santa Claus, which okay. is on in the background. And here's the thing that I noticed that I was like, oh, this is fucked up and crazy. Because at first it was like, oh, is this the Rankin and Bass, um, the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. But then, no, you hear the songs and it's the Rankin, it's, uh, the year without Which a Santa is so Claus. fucked up. <laughs> Fuck you, John Winchester, for not being around. Year yeah, without, well, no, because you know what? Year <sighs> without a Santa Claus, because at least they had Mrs. Claus when she was like, actually, the, okay. Something I love about Year Without a Santa Claus is that there. I know a lot about Rankin and Bass movies. Shocking, no one. <laughs> um, I could probably quote Santa Claus is coming to town all the way through. Um, by myself, which uh, there's something yeah. wrong with me. But in Heat Miser and Cold Miser are, are also played a really big part in my family but here's a fun thing there's an entire song in that movie where mrs claus is just like anybody could be santa fuck him i could do it i could put on his outfit yeah. i could do it and i was like and you should have women can do anything that movie walks it that that movie walks it into the spider-verse could run i don't <laughs> anyone can wear the mask no you're so you're so right about that is the thing she's no mrs claus handshake miles morales anyone can wear the suit <laughs> um no but the year without a peter parker i is is peter parker not kind of santa claus coded anyway um we can't be doing this but i do think that um i just think that if there had been great claws comes great responsibility okay 
Um, I do like that. Um, I listen. I just think that Sam having a positive female role model in his life is important. I'm happy he's getting it from this movie. Yeah. Also, I thought it was particularly sad because earlier when they were talking about Krampus, um, the way they kept describing him was that he was like the anti-Santa and that he was Santa's evil brother. And I was like, interesting phrasing there. Since Sam keeps being called the Antichrist and the evil brother. And then Dean is the brother who's about to die. And then you played the year without a Santa Claus. Got it. Okay. I'm making the connections here. I see. Maybe you didn't do that on purpose, but I'm I'm connecting the dots because I'm neurodivergent and a minor. Anyway. <laughs> um, back to the two who are actually neurodivergent and minors, young Sam and Dean. Um He's wrapping a present. It's really cute. He's like, I got it from Uncle Bobby. They call him Uncle Bobby. I'm like, hey, why don't they call him Uncle Bobby now? Why not? Ugh. Fuck you, Supernatural. Anyway. Fuck the damn show. Um that this isn't what this is why the, there's only one good scene in that fucking supernatural finale and it is when bobby is in heaven um anyways and sam is asking questions about john he's like where's dad like what does he do for a living um whatever and dean is like he travels around stop asking questions you know you're not supposed to ask blah blah blah, blah. and he gets really and and then Sam gets really mad and he's like, you don't like when I ask questions and you especially don't like when I ask questions about mom. And Dean's like, shut the fuck up. Like, clearly it's a sore subject. And we cut back to the present. We're in Michigan. We're in the Santa's village. This scene. <laughs> Lot to unpack here. So Sam and Dean are walking through this sad looking Santa's village. One thing to note is that this is 2007. We are in Michigan. There is no snow in December. And this is one thing that you should know. Now, us in year 2023, in the Northern Hemisphere, in the United States, when there it's warm and there's not a lot of snow during December and Christmas, uh, maybe not in Michigan, but at least where I live and a couple other places, um, that's pretty normal because global warming has hit the point of fucking no return. But in this show, it is foreshadowing, and it is, that something is clearly wrong. And it, there should, it's, sh the Santa's Village is supposed to look dinky and off because there's no fucking snow. Um, I, I did not even register it as off because I was like, that's how everything looks Yeah, now. It's like 60 degrees in December. Think, what are you okay, talking to about? To be fair, this is also supposed to take place in Michigan, which snows more than where either of us live. Well, not now. Well, comparatively speaking, it still snows more there than it does where we are well, now, yeah. but back in the yeah, day. but back in 2007. The fact that 2007 I mean? just... was as long ago as it is is really upsetting to me personally because I feel like I'm there, there's going to be a younger generation soon that's going to bully me and I don't like it. Yeah, and I love I'm that. Like, remember I think when you... there was snow in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I had to wear a jacket in September. They're gonna be like, "Mima, it's ninety degrees." <laughs> it's true. I used to wear a jacket on my first day of school in September, and now it's ninety degrees until October. Anyways, 
We can't be we can't be talking about global warming. It'll make me sad. So, anyways, this fucking village looks very dinky, and um, they decide they're like, okay, let's look for like sketchy characters, and they find like the guy who is like play like playing Santa and having like kids sit on his lap and like whatever, and. He it's it's supposed to be like he's very kind of like gross and like unkempt and whatever. And it's honestly it's a weird and creepy scene cuz they're they're supposed to make it that he's like kind of creepy with the kids and you're like, "All right. And why did why was that necessary?" I mean, to be fair, like, I didn't find like uh, I, I don't think that he was particularly weird or creepy. I think they were just trying to frame it as such. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I personally was like, okay, he's playing Santa. Playing Santa is just inherently weird. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was it was all it was all weird. But the it's other piece was like, also like, that... It's one of those things that's only weird if you make it weird. And, and he was, like, they making made it weird. It, because they made it weird because they're Sam and Dean. Yeah. Which they do all the time. Oh, and also Sam earlier said, he was like, oh, in the lore, like, they try to lure people in and, like, lure kids in. Um, in different ways, and he's like, and how? And he's like, oh, by like smelling really good, like smelling like candy and whatever. They're like, okay, we're gonna look for someone who smells like candy and who's luring kids in. And they're like, oh, well, this guy, and he's like, he's limping around. He's kind of, he's kind of, he's limping around. I'm like the ableism, and then Dean at one point is like, <laughs> Dean at one point is like, he could just, he could just have a limp, like he could be whatever. But then he passes the two of them, and he smells like candy, and they're like, oh. So maybe we were right. And they're like, just like evil Santa. So that night, they stake out his trailer. And they're like, they're like falling asleep on the stakeout. They're like having a, having a time. And Dean is talking to Sam again. He's like, why don't you want to celebrate Christmas? Like, like, what's your, what's your deal? And before they can really get into it again, they hear like a scream from inside the trailer. It sounds like a woman's scream. And they're like, they run in armed. And they find, they find disheveled Santa in his trailer with a huge bong watching porn. Love. He's living the American dream. <laughs> and you're like, God bless America. No, um, it's only in America can a, can a Santa get, <laughs> just get high off his ass and watch porn in a trailer. <laughs> In Michigan. What the fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> what else are you going to do in Michigan, to be fair? Oh, damn. The Michigan girlies are going to be coming for you. We're angering everybody with this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's drinking. He's a bottle of liquor, uh, whatever. And the two of them just kind of stand there, and they're like, uh. And there's, like, porn playing in the back. Mm-hmm. And then, like, <laughs> to cover up their <laughs> mistake, <laughs> Dean starts Dean is like, maybe we should pretend to be carolers. And Dean, like, half-heartedly tries to start singing. He sings, Sam's like, he starts singing Silent Night. And he's like, Silent <laughs> Night. And Sam starts singing along, but clearly they don't know the words. But they're like, there's a part like, but Santa also is looking at them. And he's so high, he starts singing along, too. He's like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> as Sam and Dean are walking out, Dean's like, round and round the table <laughs> as they leave which has also led in the um in the featured music section on the supernatural wiki it does have silent night by sam and dean winchester listed as a <laughs> this is an iconic scene um oh also another thing that i have to mention 
is when they were looking at this Santa earlier, um, <laughs> they looked over at him, and Dean was like, oh, what's the deal with St. Nicotine over there? <laughs> they had oh, jokes wait. in this episode. They did have jokes. Uh, he makes the St. Nicotine joke. Oh, but also, in that same scene, something very uncomfortable happens <laughs> with Sam and Dean. One of the elves... Like, the, like, woman playing with the elves walks over to the... This was earlier, when they first saw Santa at the... Yeah, when they first saw Santa. She walks over to them. Now, here's my thing. Why did she start talking I, to I don't them know. The Probably because they were two grown-ass men watching Santa. <laughs> and she's like, hi, like, can I help you? And they're like, oh, like... I don't know what they say initially in the conversation. Dina, okay, she's like, do you have a child that I can escort to go see Santa? Oh, yeah. And yeah. they're like, <laughs> Dean's like, no, but it's always been my brother's dream to sit on Santa's lap. And she's like, um, well, we can only have kids under 12, sorry. And Sam's like, oh, it's okay. No, he's just kidding. We're just here to watch. And she's like, ew. <laughs> and, then, and then Dean's like, and then they're both looking at each other like, you fucking idiots, like, to each other. And you're just like, because they've had so many moments like this before. You're like, girl. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, it's good so... job. Now everyone thinks you're pedophiles, obsessed. <laughs> this is not the first time that this has happened. I know, but this is by far the nastiest. I'm like, ew. Ew. Like, stop. Get some help. Um. Also, what did they fucking expect to happen? Anyways. Um... Meanwhile, back to now. <laughs> else, back to now. Elsewhere during that same night, there's another guy is taken up the chimney in a sack. Um, and this time you actually see like the kid is there, and you you see like fucking Krampus. You assume because you really only see like his feet with his like fucked up red suit and his weird body bag. Um. Like, that's all you, that's all you see. And he's like, goes upstairs, grabs the dad and puts him in a body bag and like drags him downstairs in front of the kid, takes a cookie, which is kind of funny. And in front of the kid is like, all right, he, he looks like he's going to hurt the kid. And then he's like, okay, we're good. And then he leaves, um, and goes up the chimney and, Sam and Dean, they come, they investigate, and, um, they're like, they're like, okay, like, what is the common denominator here? Sam has his fucking Sherlock moment. He looks around the house, and he notices that there is this wreath, this unusual wreath, that he saw in the house of one of the other victims. And he says to the widow, he goes, hey where did you get that wreath and she's like excuse me like we're talking about my dead husband like what are or you missing about? he's like <laughs> or missing yeah be like can we see him and the only thing left is his bloody boot yeah and 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 sam's like and and where did you get this wreath and she's like what the fuck <laughs> and so they they walk out and dean's like i'm surprised he didn't make a gay joke here to be honest but i guess we had a better writer on this episode. It's Christmas. He can't make a gay joke. What would Jesus think? He does. <laughs> he he does make a joke about the Easter Bunny being Jewish, though, which I love. It it is absolutely insane. 
And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, so how, how the fuck did you notice that? Like, interior design, Martha Stewart, girly pop. And Sam's like, I'm just, I'm Sherlock Holmes, girl. So they go back to the hotel room. He's investigating. He talks to Bobby. And Sam, uh, he's like, Sam okay. Does, just for clarity's sake. Yeah, Sam. And, and he's like, okay, so it is the wreaths. There is this herb called Meadowsweet in it. Um, it was an herb that a lot of pagans used to use to summon gods no, with human it's, sacrifice. No, it's so important for you guys to know in this scene, actually what he says is, the pagans use this all the time for summoning. I'm like, the pagans? The, the pagans? pagans? Like, and what pagans? What pagan? What paganistic rich religion are we talking about? Because there's a lot of pagans. You're saying every single pagan uses Meadowsweet for summoning rituals where they're going to sacrifice someone, Sam? And then they never clarify. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, love. Yeah, and they do this a lot in Supernatural, um, just in general. And, like, and also, like, he has talked to Bobby, and he's like, <laughs> he's talked to Bobby, and, and Bobby's like, yeah, so you guys are fucking idiots, not fucking Krampus. It's a pagan god. That is being summoned, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. And so they go into this whole thing about pagan lore. This will not be the last time that we have this problem. Um, and it's very funny. And Sam's like, okay, so we're looking for the pagan god of the winter solstice. Who like, and people would sacrifice to them because it gives them mild weather. And then they're like, oh, that's why it's nice outside. And that was when I realized, I was like, oh, because this is 2007, before we've noticed some major climate changes. Got it. Again, we are also in Michigan, but still. Um, this is also where we have the Easter Bunny comment, because when he says pagan, um, I don't know oh, how, they, how yeah. they connect this to Christmas. Yes, because, Dean, because Sam is like, oh, it's like a pagan thing. And Dean's like, why are they focusing on Christmas? And Sam's like... Well, because a lot of pagan rituals, like, became Christmas. And he's like, what? Next you're going to tell me the Easter Bunny's Jewish? And you're like, King, that wasn't even funny. No, but I have great things but... to tell you about one Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is objectively funny, considering that all of this is being written into an actual gospel of the Lord as we speak. <laughs> Just to remind everyone. The in the story of Supernatural, it is being beamed into the head of a prophet who is writing the Gospel of Winchester that everyone is reading, thinking that it is a pulp novel that is fiction, but it is not. So they are talking about shit they don't understand about the Bible while they are being written into the next book of the Bible, the sequel, one might say, into the Winchester verse, one might say. Uh <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're going to have to call the episode into the Winchester verse. Yep. <laughs> Across um, the Winchester verse. <laughs> Across the Winchester verse. So, uh, <laughs> November 5th, 2020, canon event. <laughs> you can't say this. Get out of here. In, in every universe, he has to go to super hell. I like to believe that there's a universe where they, just, where instead of going to super hell, they just they just kissed and they have a baby 
And now they live happily ever um, after. The end. The C- Call the CW Miguel O'Hara because he would never let that happen. <laughs> I'm going to have to tag this fucking episode as spoilers for Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> but that was fucking funny, okay? No, it was funny is the problem, but it was a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. <laughs> so anyway. Now that we've been pagan phobic on Supernatural, which is, it will not be the first time. It is, this is the first time, but not the last. Um, we are, we are back, we are in the motel, and Dean once again suggests that they celebrate Christmas. It seems like, okay, why do you keep bringing this up? Like, you haven't mentioned this for years. And Dean's like, well, I want to celebrate this year because it's my last year on this mortal plane um and sam selfish bitch that he is this is one of sam's biggest flop moments sam's like well i can't do that for that reason like it'll make me too sad and i'm like maybe it's not fucking about you like i'm sorry your brother sacrificed himself so that you could live you can celebrate one christmas with him asshole um, it's a Sam flop moment. Sam, sorry. I wouldn't say it's his biggest flop, but it's definitely a flop. Like, okay, being the vessel for Lucifer, that was pretty bad. This was worse. <laughs> sorry. Um, immediately flash back to 1991. And um, Sam is once again asking Dean, like, when is dad going to be home for Christmas, whatever. And Dean's making up some bullshit. And Sam's like, listen. I know. And Dean's like, what do you know? What do you know? And Sam pulls out their dad's journal and he's like, I read this. And Dean's like, Dean's like, uh, you're not supposed to have read that. And he's like, our monster's real. And Dean immediately goes into, no, like, no, what are you talking about? Whatever. And, and Sam, Sam is like, so they're real. Because I read this in the in the journal, and that's when Dean reluctantly tells him, and he's like, "Yeah." And our dad is a hunter, and he kills them. And in heartbreakingly, in this little speech, he's like, "Our dad's a superhero. Like, you know, he he protects us from them. Whatever. Like, this is Dean at his most like idolizing his dad, which is so fucking heartbreaking. Because you're like, "Fuck you, John Winchester. You raggedy fucking bitch. Can't even be there for your fucking kids because you're on your little." Your little revenge heist. Hunting whatever monster of the week is not helping you enact revenge for your wife and you're just away from your fucking kids. Kill yourself. Anyway. And you couldn't have even, like, left them with Bobby or, like, found someone to, like, babysit them so they weren't alone on Christmas. Like, we know they are friends with a priest. He's probably doing midnight mass or whatever for Christmas. No, but you, you, you make Dean be the babysitter. And in, I think in this flashback, uh, Sam is like, I know. Wh- oh, Sam is like, I know why you you sleep with a gun under your pillow. Is it because the 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 the, the monsters are real? It, it, how old is he? Twelve in nineteen. And he sleeps with a gun under gun under yeah, his pillow. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. I think he would have been. I don't know. Fuck, I can't do math. I I can't remember what year he was born. But uh, like, like f- fuck you, John Winchester. And he so he's like, our dad is a superhero. He would protect us. And Sam logically is like. Well, if they're coming for dad, like, they could come for us. Like, that's dangerous or whatever. And he's like, 
he's like, no, 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 like, dad's always going to be here for us. Like, dad's always going to keep them away from us, whatever. And you're like, well, we, we know that that doesn't happen. You're like, oh, this, this shit hurted. And he's like, you know, so every time, like, dad said that there weren't monsters under my bed, and he's like, yeah, there weren't because dad looked first. And you're like, oh, I'm starting to cry. This, this shit hurted. Uh-oh. <laughs> um... And Sam starts asking all these questions. He's like, you know, is Santa real? And and Dean's like, no, obviously. Um, and he's like, what about the Easter Bunny? He's like, no. Um, and Sam's like, he's kind of sad. I feel like later in, the, in another episode, we, we deal with Sam's kind of thing of him being really sad that, like, there are no, like, nice magical supernatural things. There's only, like, mean things and monsters and how sad that makes him and, like, it has to do with, like, his faith or whatever. Like, especially, I feel like that's tested when we get to see, like, angels and stuff. It's, like, genuinely fucking sad. And you see that when he's a kid here as well. Um, and Sam gets really upset because th- this is – we talked about this when we talked about the Winchesters and, like – this is a thing that they have to deal with, like, whenever they talk to people, whatever. Like, this is their, like, opening – this is his, like, I found out monsters are real moment. And it changes his life. And he he turns over and he, like, cries himself to sleep. And, like, Dean doesn't know what to do with that, whatever. And you're like, oh, he doesn't like Christmas because, like, that's when his innocence was basically gone. You're like, oh, wow. This shit fucking hurted. Okay. I'm, I'm in pain. This sucks. Um, we come back to the present day, and the brothers are like, okay, so we figured out that this Christmas shop has been selling these fucking wreaths with this meadow sweet herb in it. So they go to the shop, they talk to this guy, and they're, like, trying to be sly about it, and they're like, oh, like, we heard these, like, we heard this was really popular, like, these, these wreaths, and we're at these people's house, like, what was it called? And he's like, um, he's like, I sell a lot of wreaths here. Can you be more specific? They're being, they're being coy, they're being whatever. And they're like, um, you know, it smelled really good. I think it had this herb called meadow sweet. And he's like, oh yeah, like I know, I know about that one. Unfortunately, we all sold out. And, and they're like, yeah, isn't meadow sweet like kind of like expensive? Like, to, it's like kind of a rare find. He's like, yeah, so there was this woman in town. She really likes to really make wreaths and like she actually donated them all. And they're like, oh yeah, sure. This woman would donate these expensive wreaths what's that about and they're like oh like what's their names and they're like oh like her name is madge kerrigan whatever they find where she lives and they go visit madge and edward kerrigan her husband they open the door and it is like perfect suburban christmas town christmas house um this is very funny to me when I watch it for the first time because this is exactly how my grandmother's house looks. It's like a Macy's. Yeah, um, I will say shout out to my mom. Hope she's listening. Maybe if she figured out how to do it on her own without me there. Um, <laughs> uh, our house has a little holiday village, which I know a lot of people have, but ours is like crazy. Um it's it's yeah. given a bit of a given given a bit of a um professional decorator vibe. Yeah, I fear that white American fam suburban family um Christmas it's on another level. It's 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 Armageddon. Um 
And that is exactly how this woman's fucking house looks. Um, and she opens the door, and she also looks like she is straight out of, like, a Christmas special from the 50s. Like, she is, like, she is, like, the perfect, and she's, like, I don't know, she looks like she's in, like, her 60s or something. Like, you know, she's, she's, like, an older woman, whatever, but she's, like, she's, like, perfect. And, um... Her husband also comes to the door, and he talks yes. in, like, a transatlantic she accent. She talks like this. Like, she's so excited to see you. And he walks over, and he talks like this. Oh, boys, it's Christmas. And it's, like, they are the most, like, stereotypical, if you Googled, like, Christmas family. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, he and he, like, he has, like, a corncob pipe, and he's talking in a transatlantic accent, and they're, and D- Dean and Sam are, like, oh hey what the fuck um and they're like oh like you know we play we play bridge every week and whatever and um they're like and they're like oh like we'd love to get one of your wreaths and they're like oh we just ran out sorry and he's like and they're like okay thanks bye and they start to do some research and they're like interesting so uh, last year in seattle where they used to live Three men went missing. Um, they then talked to Bobby. And this is, I think this is where Bobby calls them <laughs> stupid. Or Bobby's like, they're pagan gods. We never find out what gods they are. They're the pagans. They're, they're pagan the pagan gods. gods. You know, the ones that all the pagans love. And you're like, can you be more specific? What I also love about this um, is that Bobby isn't in this episode. Sam just is like, I just got off the phone with Bobby and he told us that we were idiots. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. we couldn't pay him to be here? Yeah, I guess not. I, uh, the other piece of this is that's crazy, especially since this is a fucking episode about family and Bobby should be fucking be there. Stupid ass. Um... And Bobby's like, oh, yeah, they're pagan gods. You can kill them with evergreen wood stakes. I'm like, they're fucking gods. Like, I'm sorry. The Christian hegemony in this fucking show, when they're like, oh, yeah, like the other gods, you can just kill them like regular monsters. And this is a problem in this whole fucking episode where they're basically treated like regular fucking monsters. They die, whatever, like regular monsters. I'm like, oh, but when you meet like angels and like fucking other shit you know, in this show, like, they have powers and shit, but these are, they basically, they're, like, vampires or, like, witches, like, they're, like, they're just, they're treated they're as, like, just kind of, like, they're yeah, gods. They're just kind of there. They, like, they don't even, I couldn't even tell you a power that they have. Uh, uh, like, the power of Christmas cheer, yeah. I guess. The power of being, well, the power pa- of being well, their power hunty, like, they're kind of fun. I liked them. I was rooting for them. They are. Well, their power is also controlling the weather, cause, cause there's the temperate weather that we saw. That's true. Um, th- that's really all they've got, apparently. Um, I just think it's funny that it's like, oh yeah, you could just kill them with a stake, and you're like, girl, what, huh? Um. So the boys they return, they break in, they're going around, they're making jokes about how like the furniture is covered in plot in plastic. There's like, there's little, there's little cookies everywhere like it's the perfect christmas home there's but there's nobody around and they're like what the fuck is going on and of course they find a creepy basement and they open the basement and they go down in the basement and there guess what there's human remains in the basement um and the latest victim is still in that sack that we saw 
that Krampus looking figure uh, get before. This is where I get confused because it's like, so they were, were they summoning Krampus and he's just like connected to them or was like no, Edward I, dressing up as Krampus? They, I assumed like, that he was doing it or she was doing it. I don't know. Equal rights. Um, I, it's this yeah. episode. It's let's not get caught up in the minutia of how it actually happened. Yeah. Or what, what the plot was or anything. It doesn't it's matter. About, <laughs> it's yeah, about Christmas it's joy. About, yeah, it's about Christmas joy and being super fucking sad about Sam and Dean's childhood. Um, and also saying fuck you to pagans, apparently. Damn, bitch. Um, they were like, yeah, if you're not Christian on this CW network, fuck you. <laughs> um, the war on Christmas, am I right? Um, <laughs> it's so, okay if you're Jewish, as long as you're the Easter Bunny. Yeah, apparently. Anyways, uh, so there's there's a victim in a sack. Imagine Edward are like in their like creepy little voices. They're like, "Oh no, guess we have to attack you!" And it's like it's all very funny. Um, and they immediately knock them out and take them captive. Like immediately, Sam and Dean get got. Um, they wake up bound to chairs in the kitchen with like all the gingerbread houses and cookies and shit around them it's kind of no it's so iconic i hate to say it i love these guys yeah because i this is a very memorable episode um the kerrigans they're like they're like yeah like we're, we're pagan gods like people used to sacrifice themselves willingly to us like they people wanted to be you like we used to have thousands in tributes every year and they're like you suck and they're like um we used to have thousands of tributes every year, and now we only kill, like, a couple people, and we still do our job of keeping the nice weather. So maybe shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? Kind of cunty of you. Um, and they're like, you know what? People used to worship us. And then that little upstart Jesus came around and Christianity. And then people were burning down our temples, and we were running no, for our lives. Okay. Also, the way that he says this is, well, you know, when this Jesus figure shows up, I'm like... <laughs> transatlantic accent too it's honestly it's kind of funny so good i'm like i'm obsessed with this the direction is also very fun like i just liked how this episode was produced like and they're having fun like they're like cooking and baking like while they're saying this and dean and sam are like tied to chairs um and they're like yeah and and they're like you know what and then we tried to blend in he's like what did we do and they're like we assimilated we assimilated. They were like, and you know what? We only kill yeah. a couple of she people. Says, we play bridge every Tuesday. She was like, she was like, oh, honey, what is that word that you told me? He's like, assimilated. And she's like, we assimilated. <laughs> like, you guys are so real. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed with you guys. Um, and they're like, okay, so now we have to start the ritual sacrifice. It's all about the ritual. <laughs> and I'm like, as a pagan, fuck you. <laughs> it is all about the ritual, bitch. Anyway. Um, and they're like, they do that fucking supernatural thing where, like, to take blood instead of, like, doing it in a normal way, they, like, slash right across someone's arm or hand, and you're like, that's not very efficient, but okay. Um, and then they pull out one of Sam's fingernails, because they need a fingernail. You're like, holy Jesus Christ. It gets quite gory. Um... Then they're like, oh, we need a tooth. They go to use a fucking pliers to take out Dean's tooth. 
And they are interrupted by the doorbell ringing. And he's like, are you going to get that? And they're like, ah, shit. I guess we need to get that. So they're like, hold on a second. And they go to the door. And they're like, hi! (laughs) Again, super cunty. Um, (laughs) They're like, hey! And their neighbor is like, oh my god, hey! Like, I brought you um, a fruitcake. Like, are you still on for bridge? And they're like, oh my god, yeah, totally. And they're like, they're like, the picture of just like nice neighbors, whatever, whatever. Um, and they were like, and, and she's like, oh, like, why don't you come caroling with us, whatever? And he's like, oh, my back is hurting, but thank you so much for the invitation. They're like, bye. And then they immediately turn around. They drop the fruitcake on the floor, which is kind of asshole. I'm like, your neighbors were being really nice. Um, and then they are like, okay, back to torturing Sam and D. <laughs> Again, objectively Real, As they should. I would love to torture them more. I think that they need to be tortured <laughs> more. Rip, his, rip all of his fingernails out. Let's go. <laughs> they need to be tortured more. I mean, all you need to do is look at the archive of our own. They've been tortured enough. <laughs> I think about this, this one. I don't remember if it was a Tumblr post. I think it was a Tumblr post. It could have been a tweet. But it was like, um, generally speaking, I don't agree with Al- with Alpha Beta Omega dynamics. But I love anything that makes Jensen Ackles' life harder. <laughs> Considering that Omega Verse came not from Destiel but from J Two Fanfiction. It's so dark. <laughs> okay, it's so beautiful. Anyways, so. They're like, okay, we got the blood, we got the fingernails, whatever. Let's go. They come back. Sam and Dean are not ba- bound. And now we get to no, a Home Alone reference. This is what's great. I fucking know that Chuck was like, oh my god, these guys. I have to write in a neighbor interrupting Deus Ex neighbor. Like, <laughs> and he's like, how can I do? Because And also because Supernatural, like, they cannot stop themselves from doing a pop culture reference. Like, it's, they're physically unable, <laughs> much like me, <laughs> they're physically unable from doing it. They're like, we must do a Home Alone reference. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do a Die Hard reference, frankly. Um, there might be one in there that we didn't notice. Um, and basically, Sam and Dean Home Alone, the two of them, they trap them in the kitchen, they close all the doors. Um, and a fight ensues and then they, they, they're like, okay, we need to get evergreen steaks. So they like rip down the, the Christmas tree and they're like sawing at it, whatever. I'm like, didn't you guys already have steaks? But like, okay, I'm confused, but sure. Um, and they get their ass, uh, pretty easily. In fact, I'm like, they're gods. Like, okay, I guess. Um. So then we go back to another flashback. We're in 1991. Dean wakes Sam up. It is clearly the night of Christmas. Um, he's like, well, and he's like, oh, like while you were sleeping, like dad came by and he left us a tree and presents. Like, look, clearly he is lying. Like, clearly he is lying. And you're like, this is very young Dean, like trying to do something special for Sam. It is fucking heartbreaking. Um, Sam goes to open his presents. And they are random. Um, the first present is a Barbie. Specifically, the collectible Sapphire Barbie. Now, as a person born in the 90s who was really into collectible Barbies, 
Um, and I believe the Sapphire Barbie was one of the Millennium Barbies. If we, we may need to look that or the one of the like uh, Christmas Christmas special Barbies, because every year I wanted one of those. I had the Millennium Barbie. I had some very specific ones. Um, obviously, this is 1991. This was before I was born. But I wanted the Sapphire Barbie. I knew it existed um, because that's my birthstone. OK, so when Sam opened the Sapphire Barbie, I was like, oh. <gasps> I would kill for that. And if I was the little girl that fucking Dean stole it from, I would have I would have killed him. I would have killed him. And then we would could avoid it supernatural. Um Yeah, when did yeah. Sapphire Barbie? So there's come a out? couple different Sapphire Barbies. Um Oh. Th- like I think that Sapphire Barbie was like there was like she was like a yearly girly. Like she was a lot like their holiday oh. doll, but she's like Sapphire Barbie. Okay. Okay, so maybe I did actually have her then. Oh, I definitely had her. Sam Winchester, I'm beating you. I'm beating your ass because that was my fucking girl. Sorry that a chick (laughs) present wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, they call it a chick present. Um, But basically, he opens Sapphire Barbie and a sparkly baton. (laughs) I love the 90s. Um, And he's like, hey, Dean, where did you actually get these? And Dean's like, yeah, I stole it from one of the nice houses up the street. And you're like, this is really, this is really sad. Um, and Sam's like, okay, well, I have a present. I meant to give it to dad, but he's clearly not here. So I'm going to give it to you. Um, and it's like, it's wrapped in like newspaper. It's like the present that he had Bobby help him get earlier. And he gives it to Dean and he's like, no, like, this is for dad, whatever. And then he, 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 finally he takes it and he opens it. And it's, it's the Samulet. It's, it's the, it's the amulet that Dean in the early seasons is wearing. And this is the origin of it. And I'm crying and you're crying and we're all yeah. crying. That's why it's called the Samulet. Cause that's what he gives he him. Saw me, I believe saw me, he loses. saw me crying. Then he crew too. And we both crowed. Yeah. Um, do I own the Samulet? Yes, do, I do. Don't we all? I do too. <laughs> Um, I will also say, like, uh, I do believe that he loses the Samulet, like, right after this. Like, when he dies and is buried and goes to hell, when he crawls back out, he doesn't have it. And he, like, doesn't have it for the rest of Supernatural, which I thought was really sad. I was like, where's the fucking Samulet? Um, I think that's stupid. Um, yeah, uh, you're crying, I'm crying. This is supposed to be the stupid little Christmas special Instead, it's, like, the origin story of the fucking Samulet. And you're like, oh, okay. I see how it is. We come back to the present day. And uh, Dean comes back to the motel room. He was buying beer. And he finds that Sam has decorated the motel room with a tree. Uh, You know, it's kind of, like, dinky. There's, like, air fresheners, whatever. But he made eggnog, whatever. And it's, like, reminiscent of, like, when he tried to decorate for his brother when they were little. Um... And they're, he's like, I thought, like, you do Christmas, whatever, because, like, that's something. And he's like, you know, is the eggnog too strong, whatever. And they have this just, like, very quiet, like, moment of very normal. Like, they don't talk about their feelings that much, whatever. Um, they give each other presents, and it's just, like, funny, like, gas station presents. Yeah, like, Sam, like, Sam opens <laughs> up his – he's like, oh, my God, you got me a present. He opens up, he's like, oh, my God, skim bags. And, <laughs> and um – <laughs> and sh- and shaving cream like, and then he's like yeah, yeah i got you so they can he's like oh oil for the car and candy for me love yeah i'm like 
oh wow men it's no it's, <laughs> it's so iconic it's it's kind of and sam starts to like go to say something whatever and then they, like it's it's fucking sad okay this moment and then he's like all right like let's just have like a normal christmas whatever and he's like do you want to watch a game and they're like sure and then it like zooms out christmas special style whatever that they're like watching a game together whatever but like you're crying i'm crying everyone's crying like this is obviously like dean's last christmas whatever like i'm having a fucking moment like (sighs) this is supposed to be funny it's supposed to be a good little time we're supposed to be having little jokes with the pagan gods and instead i'm i'm having an emotional little moment and this is as i said before like this is a lot like the scene in the other one of just like this like quiet little moment at the end of the two of them um and i don't know if they kept doing stuff like this because they thought like i don't know maybe the show will get canceled and this is it uh and you know what if it had it would have gone out with a fucking bang because the emotionally a lot was happening here um uh, I'm trying to look at if there's any... Well, I have a fun fact about this episode. There's oh. a part at the end where they're having, like, eggnog together, and uh, Dean takes a sip and kind of makes a face like it's really strong. And the reason for that yeah. is that because Jared spiked the prop eggnog with rum. So that was his oh, I've genuine heard that reaction. My genuine <laughs> reaction to that I information. Did... I didn't know that that was, like this episode oh my god you are a freak did you know that on the back of the motel door it says the thomas kincaid suite and the painting is reminiscent of a thomas kincaid painting oh i also forgot that in in another episode where they have non-christian gods apparently the roman goddess fortuna says that the deities were created by the christian god to essentially take the fall when something went wrong. I remember when that aired and I was like, I'm sorry? That can't be real. That, uh, that is the most insane lore choice well, I've ever heard. Supernatural, I hate you. Why can't you just be like in Percy Jackson when they're like, eh, a lot of people's belief systems exist side by side. And it's powered mostly by human belief. And we're not really gonna, we're not really gonna uh, dig into it further than that. In Supernatural, they're like, actually... If you're not Christian, kill yourself. Yeah. And you're like, no, okay, they really, they really do not have a lot of th- this. I mean, we've said it but once before. We've said it plenty of times before. It's basically Bible fan fiction. And they're like, you stupid fuck. If you don't, you don't, you don't get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And the show's not for you. Love it. And when we say Bible fan fiction, we do specifically mean Bible because they're speaking of like, is there any reference to the to the fact of like Jewish or Muslim people? No, there is. And you not. know what? Honestly, uh, good because I don't want I I don't want any other religion to have to deal with the bullshit that supernatural pulls. Yeah, I do. I actually feel like supernatural is Christianity's penance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not enough, but I do think that the harm that supernatural has done, I think it, it's to christianity i think is in some way it's penance um it's like you brought this on the world well see what you have wrought um (laughs) um every other religion i'm so fucking sorry um that shares similar 
texts and 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 uh similar texts and stuff run fucking away far from, away get away from robert singer get away from eric kripke anyway anyway i really liked this episode is the problem anyway yeah the problem is that both of these episodes are quite good uh despite the pagan phobia yeah. <laughs> um the pagan phobia which um, you know part i let it i hate slide. to say par for the course for supernatural what yeah, supernatural that's something weird and problematic what oh my god <laughs> it's a christmas miracle <laughs> <laughs> not a christmas miracle uh, no i mean i i feel like um, these two really delve into like the the finality of the fact that dean's like dude i'm going to hell straight up like <laughs> it's not looking good for me which i and i will say it really does add, i think hot take because I can't not talk about Castiel. It really does add to, like, the craziness of the first episode of season four. Where they're like, he's been pulled from hell. And there's this crazy being who was like, hey, girly pop. Because we just spent, like, so at long. least 13 episodes of a season being like, in the arms no, I mean, literally all angels. 16 episodes of this season. <laughs> like, ev- like, that is the main thing in this season. Like, they're like dean's fucking yeah, dying like, bitch bro. Is not coming back and then they're like actually and then he comes back in the cuntiest way possible or with the cuntiest yeah he comes back in the gayest way possible so <laughs> um i can't believe i said in the arms of the angel i'm like yeah he sure does <laughs> good lord oh, lord. oh my gosh sorry i'm yawning someone someone has to stop me anyways, anyways i think that that is about that's, That's about it have. for today. In fact, thank you so much for listening. If you guys are interested in more supernatural content or us content, you can follow us on social media. We're at Mystery Spotcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, all that stuff. You can also ask us questions, supernatural or otherwise, in our TikTok Q&A or by emailing us. We're themysteryspotcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to us suffer, rate or review the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Overcast, etc. Anywhere that lets you leave a review. And tell a friend. It really helps people discover our show. It helps get us out there. We always appreciate it. If you want to hear more from us, we are two of the co-hosts of Roop Helps Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. We have a lot of fun stuff going on right now, so go check that out. And without further ado, we will see you two Tuesdays from now for more slaying people, queer baiting things the supernatural business.